Today's show is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a free premium 30-day trial specifically for the listeners of Geekspace 9 at the URL GameflyOffer.com slash GS9. Again, that is GameflyOffer.com slash the letter G, the letter S, and the number 9. Welcome to Geek Space 9, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and are rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Deep Space Nine. With me as always is Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? I am very happy to be here. Thank you, Ben. And with me as well is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I am the same and super excited to talk about these episodes today. I know. I feel like we haven't seen you guys in minutes. Whole <laughs> minutes. <laughs> too long <laughs> well let's get to it time. shall we the first ep- this week we saw season three episode 21 and episode 22 which is the die is cast and explorers so first up is the die is cast last time on star trek oh my god there's a secret armada of Cardassians and romans about to kill the founders led by a non-retaining garrick is now aligned with him and odo's prisoner and now the conclusion Bashir eats a frustrating meal with O'Brien, longing for the more philosophical meals with Garrick, who, along with Odo, has not been heard from in a while. In Ops, the crew are shocked to see the Armada decloak and pass through the wormhole. On the lead ship, Tane and Garrick reminisce about the old days. Garrick and Tane still have much resentment for each other, but seem to be trying to reach a new friendship, and maybe for Garrick to kill Golducat when he returns. The Romulan commander Lovak informs Tane the fleet will travel at warp 6 to the homeworld in order to not be decloaked. Tane is confident, but demands Garrick question Odo in order to get information on the Founder's defenses. Garrick questions the obviously furious Odo, but gets nothing but a big bowl of shade. Tane sends out a message <laughs> of his plans to all the governments, informing them that he will attack the homeworld. Both Cardassia and Romulus plan to let Tane try his plan in case it may actually work. Starfleet also chooses a non-intervention plan, much to the distaste of Sisko. He tells the crew he plans to take the Defiant to save Odo, but knows it is a dangerous and court-martialable offense. Still, everyone agrees to help. They travel deep into the Gamma Quadrant when the cloak fails. It is revealed that the new security chief, Michael Eddington, was the one who sabotaged it, as he did not agree with Sisko's actions, and hopes now they will have to return home. Sisko has O'Brien try his best to fix it, but lets Eddington remain at his post. Back at the Armada, Tane is disappointed in Garrick's lack of results, and demands a full interrogation of Odo. He gives Garrick a device that will cease Odo's transformation abilities, and Garrick reluctantly agrees. He begins the interrogation when Odo needs to revert to his liquid state, and keeping the device on causes Odo great pain and begins wilting away his body. Garrick pleads with Odo to give him anything to which Odo admits, despite what they've done, he still wants to be a part of the Great Link and be with his people. Garrick turns off the device and lets Odo revert back. On the Defiant, they manage to fix Eddington's sabotage and ride at maximum warp, the fleet arrives at the Founder's homeworld and bombard the planet. However, when they read Zero Change in Life Signs, they realize it's a trap! 
Suddenly, 150 Jem'Hadar ships appear and begin decimating the fleet. Garrick leaves the bridge to rescue Odo. On their way, they run across Lovak, who reveals he was in fact a changeling all along. When the Founders found out about Tane's plan, they lured the Obsidian Order and the Tal Shi'ar into a trap, single-handedly destroying two of their biggest adversaries in the Alpha Quadrant. He also hints the Dominions have plans for the Federation and the Klingons. He offers Odo the chance to return home, but Odo refuses. Odo goes to escape, but Garrick tries his best to save Tane. However, Tane is too stunned and shaken by his failure, and would rather die than go back. Odo knocks out Garrick so they can escape, leaving Tane behind. On their escape shuttle, the duo seem about to be killed when the Defiant arrives. The Defiant manages to kill several Jem'Hadar ships, save the duo, and warp back to the Alpha Quadrant. On the station, Sisko and his crew are cleared of any charges by Starfleet. Garrick picks up the pieces of his shop when Odo arrives. Odo shows sympathy in Garrick's actions, understanding the desire to want to go home. He encourages Garrick to rebuild his shop and asks to see him for breakfast, to which Garrick relents the sad truth that he is, in fact, a very good tailor. What do we think of the die is cast? So many feelings. Oh my goodness. So good. <laughs> uh, how the tables have turned and in such glorious fashion. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Much like I said last episode, all the little pieces came together, <laughs> including yes. like my probably least favorite episode of the season, which was uh, the Kira slash Changeling episode. Even that ended up mattering because there was secretly a fucking changeling in the Tel Shiar the entire time. Yes. Infiltration. It's happening. It's awesome. Right. Like that, like that, like that, that immediately, immediately opens up the question of like, okay, if, 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 if a changeling had infiltrated the Tal Shiar, where else have they infiltrated? I know. Where else are they? Yeah, totally. And, and it's, it's, it's definitely raised the game, this whole episode in terms of where we are. And I could definitely see why people are saying that like, this is the episode I heard a lot of people say like, uh, if you don't like DS9, get to this episode. Just get to this episode. Skip around if you have to. Just, just, just get here, you know. And then, and then say you're not into it or not. You know what I mean? And I can definitely see why because it's like, oh fuck, it, <laughs> this is, it is so this worth is it. It is so serious. worth it. We have set up a major, major villain. It reminded me a lot of Q Who in terms of just perfectly setting up a, uh, uh, which is of course the first episode with the Borg, where they basically get their ass handed to them by the Borg and then have to ask Q to stop it. Um, it's a very similar episode where like, oh, we're way in over our heads. Like, these guys, these founders know what the fuck they're doing. Does this imply that there have been changelings in the Alpha Quadrant for like a really long time? Or are we to assume that these infiltrations started happening after the wormhole was discovered? That's the question. Which has still been, you know. Commander. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Well, just, you know, it's because uh, in the show time, that was would still have been like several years in the past. So it's, you know, conceivable. But I don't know. It's just like, how long did it take for this, you know, quote unquote Romulan to advance in the ranks of the Tal Shiar? Or did they, you know, are they imitating a real person that they killed? And, right. That you too. Know, 
like mm, i don't know so many either questions. way it's terrifying and the fact that we know they can imitate a real person kira you know what i mean could mean it's either yeah. one like it could be that lovak was a real romulan they, they, they murdered and then took his place or the other verse which is like are any of the crew been replaced is right? anybody real yeah. i mean four miles I mean, like Oh yeah, no! Like, because when they when they first when they first went to the to, to the change to, to the changeling slash founders homeworld, and uh, and and that and that and that one that one I guess I guess you could say female changeling I don't know I, I that that one was telling Odo she she was telling him yeah so turn into a plant or a bird or a rock or whatever fig like I f- figure out what it means to be that thing and then the next time then the next time we see them she next time we see them she is Kira because she has like figured it out that well it's like it's like i i i i i now i now want i now wonder how like, i now wonder how odo is going to try to advance himself if he, if he's going to try to do if he's going to try to do anything himself like super espionage um yeah type type, type mission where it's like i'm where it's like okay now it's going to be about timing i need to be this person because because you know like say like like, like like say guards walking around and I and I need to be their commanding officer and be and be convincing enough for like just thirty seconds to get into this room or whatever I don't know. Watch right. him be like it Gold Ducat or something. Ooh, right. you know he will love that. And it, it it leads to very interesting, like the movie The Thing, paranoia, which I love. Oh yes, where yes. I can I can definitely see future episodes being like, who's the changeling? Who is mm. it? Who's who's secretly among us you know i feel like that's almost guaranteed to happen which is very exciting it's just i was just very impressed that they were led up to that trap and uh when that happened i just was uh it's the bad wolf thing like i mentioned last episode where she's like ah ah (laughs) holy shit when that when that ramen was like there's 150 i was like like you are dead I didn't see that yep. coming, honestly. I'm not sure if you guys had the same thing or not. I didn't think they would kill the Dominion. I don't know. I figured there'd be some. I didn't expect that much of a trap where they killed off the entire city in order, basically. I can't say I know exactly what I was expecting. Like I, I, I did, I did think that them killing off, uh, that 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 them um, killing off the Dominion was going to be like far too easy, especially especially in season three. But I figured uh, after they said, "Oh, we're not reading any change on." On, on, on life forms on the planet i thought that was going to be the end of it but then when it's like actually we have a bunch of ships decloaking all around us so i was like oh oh like that, <laughs> that's how i took it yeah i thought it was going to be like an attack on the home run they're going to kill a fair amount of founders but they didn't know that there was a second planet or something like that you know what i mean that like oh yeah or something like that there was more than just one planet and then like that was gonna be the thing where like oh you guys kicked a hornet's nest you don't know what you've done kind of thing but no it's even worse <laughs> they kicked a hornet's nest mm-hmm. and all got killed off at the same time and did completely failed which is impressive and very interesting so sarah you you're you're typically not the political you tend to not like the politics as much how do you sort of feel about the the whole trap war element of this episode i mean I, I thought they executed it very well i will say i was i think maybe less surprised than you guys were when the armada showed up just because like I am, I am fully convinced that the founders and the Dominion are just, you know, three steps ahead of everyone in the Alpha Quadrant at all times. So, like I'm, when they're like, I'm "We're going to mount," 
Yep. I'm like, we're going to mount an attack against the Dominion. I'm like, no, you're not. They're going to kill all of you. And then they did. They exactly did. <laughs> well, let's get to the heart of the episode, the uh, the torture section, uh, which I'll just start over. That saying. was such cool. a good and sad scene. Oh, that was so that was a tough scene to make through. It was so well done, especially... Again, props to Michael Westmore. That Odo torture makeup was legitimately yes. disturbing. Yeah, like 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 when they, like when that scene started off, and like like you like you get you get that slow pan up on on Odo. Like I out loud was like, "Holy shit!" Like just out loud. Like I I don't. Once again, I don't I don't know what I I don't know I don't know exactly how I expected Odo to look when 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 uh, when Garrick was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna keep you from." changing or doing anything i'm gonna keep you in this form i just did not expect it to look like that yeah it's like really creepy idea where it's almost like he's drying up in a like sense molt- yeah like molting, but like like a dry kind of molting i don't know yeah it was like yeah the, the best thing i can sort of think of is like old paper or something where it's just like falling apart and right oh it's just a really creepy image and there was even some really good animation at the end when Garrick sort of lets him go back into his, you know, liquid yes, state yes. where, you know, there were bits uh, of Odo just, you know, on the floor around him that also liquefied and then joined up with the bigger mass of him as he was going into the, mm-hmm. you know, the box or whatever. And that yeah. was that was really observant on the part of the animators to do that. Yeah, you're right. I, I I forgot about that, and you you're absolutely right. They do that very nice little touch, and uh, again, props to both Andrew Robinson and Renee Abergenois because the acting in this is just unbelievably good. But so good. Who has this very interesting tortured thing where he's he's really there. It's a great idea. I didn't realize to put Odo versus Garrick because they're both people who are without a home and desperately trying to get home in different ways, and it was such a mm-hmm. great analysis for Garrick just to be like I'm just trying to do my best you know but yeah going back to something he used to be so good at the torture and uh now he has like reasons to view this person as a person you know yeah yeah because you could like you could tell like visibly visibly pained by having to do this because it's like this is someone that I have come to know for several years and I and you know at least I mean, at least as close as as close as we as we can assume, Garrick would call someone considered Odo like a friend, or like like, and so it's like in a sense. That's... But there's there is a nice moment I did appreciate where he's like, sort of mocking Odo in this interesting way, where he's saying like, "You must be so surprised, Odo, because you trusted me so much, and we were such good friends. We had so many great conversations. Like, obviously showing like." you've always hated me and I've always been suspicious of you in a very interesting way, but still he has that human. Yeah. Human's the wrong word. It's tough. When you talk about that in terms of Star Trek, <laughs> that natural empathy towards Odo because he still knows him as a creature who exists and has purpose and can relate to him in that sense of wanting to go home. Can I just say real quick though, poor miles. <laughs> He's just not up to what Bashir wants. From his natural conversation, I just love. Oh uh, yeah. As he says, just let me eat my food, man. <laughs> as he says, his Irish grandma says, 
eating and talking you shouldn't do at the same time because you do both poorly. <laughs> uh, Miles. Yeah, it, 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 was fun, it was funny when he made that God comment. It was funny when he made that comment because it reminded me of like of Garrick of, of Garrick being like, "Why don't you enjoy your food?" And it's like, and it's like the next episode, we immediately have this man who's just like, "I'm just gonna scarf everything down, dude." Mm-hmm. So, what do we all think about this Michael Editington guy? He was sort of introduced early in the season, then kind of disappeared, and now he gets a big, interesting, weird moment. Was he the year earlier in the season? Yeah, he yeah. was in the first episode because uh, he's. There's a whole scene where Cisco's like, "This is your new guy," and Odo's like, "I'm gonna quit," and that's when Odo went back to. His oh planet. yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we haven't I seen mean, him much since then. I mean, I can understand why he did it because 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 out of out of every out of everyone in, um, in this episode, you could technically say that he still has like the closest ties to the Federation. So 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 so, so he so he would have the most like the most reason to. To, to be to be more willing to obey his commit obey like the highest commanding officer um i don't i don't know like i, I i'm just surprised that oh, actually no I, I guess i shouldn't be surprised that, that he that he was more willing to be like yeah guys no we were told not to do this but but i am but i am surprised but i am surprised that that he thought that oh if i if i sabotage this then we'll have to go home it's like dude you do realize who you're talking to <laughs> and who you're going to save right yeah i think we can pretty safely assume that whenever this um eddington guy shows up he's gonna try to fuck shit up not necessarily for like bad reasons but he's going to maliciously you know go against whatever cisco's doing because whatever cisco's doing is probably going against the wishes of the federation yep right he's he's very classically a, a starfleet stooge who's there too yeah perform the will of starfleet you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's like i'm not trying to be a total ass but i'm doing what i've been told i'm sorry no and i think that's why he's interesting in that he's not wrong <laughs> he right. yeah. in a very uh unsafe way but uh he's not sort of incorrect they are doing something illegal and against what starfleet told them to do so mm-hmm. but we also can't be like but come on come on don't be a tool just go save Odo. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Look at that cool fight we have later on. You want to miss that? Exactly. <laughs> Spaceship battle at the end. What you? What you guys think of that? It's our first big battle sequence, really. At least, for, at least for me, like, like I, I thought, I thought it was solid for this episode. We, we got, we got, we got a little bit of a taste for it when, when, when the Jim Hadar were like, yeah, we're gonna, like, we're gonna go all kamikaze, but, uh, but, 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 but then, and we're gonna, and we're gonna take out, we're gonna take out like one, like one of your starships, but, but to see, but to see this battle, like, like it, I, I was, I at least was, was entertained by it, and instead of it being, instead of it being just like people looking at people looking at a screen and like, and, and us having to kind of follow the, uh, follow their words and their directions, it's like, it's like, it's like no, like now, like now you get to visually see this sp- like the, like this space this space starship fight no i although i will that. say i, I love reading. the moment i love the moment when um they had the um like just the blips on the screen like right after they said oh, 150 gem hadar ships and the screen is just like white covered with just, blips yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shit 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 <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, I appreciated, Garrett, you know, uh, the the shoot 'em up bits as well, but 
that was that was one good use of the you know i don't know what you call it the radar the radar yeah because i remember we had that one episode where uh uh it was the sanctuary episode and the guy like stole a ship and then got killed and it all happened off screen and just felt like Mm -hmm. cheap to me yeah i I was reading that apparently showrunner uh decided he was like we can't this is gonna be a show about war we have to show war (laughs) you know we can't yes just talk about it and uh i thought this was really good it was nice to see the defiant actually kick some ass for once because it's been mentioned that it's this badass ship but it's been kind of taken over a bunch (laughs) so it was nice to see it like blow up like five ships and manage to escape which i thought was really Mm. badass indeed yeah man everything's coming into place i was really really impressed that uh everything just was leading up to this and all the repercussions that will come mm-hmm. afterwards because because it it was it's a little unsettling when 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 you when you have when you have this chain when you have this changeling who, who you thought is a romulan for like two whole episodes be like yeah so we, yeah yeah so as as you can see we are ba- we are taking care of two of our enemies from your quadrant oh by the way yes we do have plans to fuck to fuck your shit up too you trust mm-hmm. and believe they picked the perfect person to be the changeling too because like you would expect just some random romulan to be there you know, and he doesn't get in, like too many scenes, uh-huh. but he mm-hmm. acts really weird the entire time. And so at the end, I was like, ah, oh, of course, <laughs> it makes so much sense. Also, just the best Garrick moment possible where he sees all the ships show up and he just kind of walks back out of the bridge and goes to Odo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he immediately is just like, okay, now we're done. Now we're done. We're getting out of here. He's like, yeah, just uh, Garrick just sees all this this change happen. Do you feel that Odo uh, uh, forgave Garrick too easily for what he did to him? I yes, a little bit. I could see his you know personal rational rationalization for forgiving him, but. I mean, especially for someone like Odo, it seemed to come about too quickly. I guess. I mean, I, I get. I guess for me, in my opinion, I, I at least how I, I, I personally wouldn't say that Odo like necessarily fully forgave Garrick, but I do think. But I, I, but I think I think how he acted towards Garrick afterwards. Like lend like like sim- simply lends more to the two of them realizing yes we have like there there is this rather strong connecting factor between the two of us that, that that we can both wholeheartedly understand about the other like I don't I wouldn't say that he forgave him but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that Odo forgave Garrick it was more of just him acknowledging like yes you fucked up and you did some shitty things but I at least personally understand why you did it. Yeah, like that. That that's how I would interpret it, right? And I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I love that last shot so much, where this is one unbroken shot on Garrick, and and Odo is in a broken mirror. Um, you can't even see his form basically, and the entire sort of final conversation is done like that. And it's just like, oh, like yeah, that was really beautiful. Yeah, uh, the, it really was. Not that the show's ugly in any sense, but it's very TV, you know, very kind of classic sort of shooting, uh, but when you get those kind of really intricate shots like that, I'm just like, mm, I treasure them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also just a, a sh- I really, sorry, go on, sir. I really want to see the episode where Garrick and Odo have brunch. 
it's, it's canon now. It has to happen. You promised us brunch. I hope it's like a 45-minute episode, too. Just brunch. It would be yep. great. It's like my dinner with Andre, but it's my dinner yes. with Garrett. Yes! My dinner with Garrett. Yes. Oh, I want to make that poster. Yes! <laughs> Oh, I want to end there, but I do. And does it even have to be Odo? It could be with Julian. <laughs> yes, oh, I yes. Do. Please, 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 please. Oh, God, that made me laugh. <laughs> I want to end there, but I do have to mention one more thing, which is I got to I gotta praise all the Julius Caesar references in these two episodes. Uh, we start with talking about Julius Caesar. The Dias cast is a famous Plutarch saying about mm-hmm. uh, when Julius Caesar crossed the Rubicon, uh, which how crazy is that Julius Caesar did something so incredible that there's two famous sayings about it, which is crossing the Rubicon and the Dias cast, both meaning wow. like that you've passed a point of no return. Mm. Um, and uh, and uh, Garrick quotes Julius Caesar at the end of the episode when he says that, uh, Dear Tain, the fault is not in our stars, but in ourselves, which is a famous Brutus quote. So my Shakespeare nerd was brain was very happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of want to make Bobby watch this episode just just, just to be like, hey, keep tabs of every time you hear every time you hear a Shakespeare reference. Just go. <laughs> For you, the listeners of Geek Space Nine, GameFly is offering a premium, free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And you guys, if you are gamers out there, and I'm sure if you listen to Star Trek, you very well could be a gamer. You guys have to check out GameFly.com. They have over 8,000 new releases and classics available to rent for Xbox One, PS4, Wii U, and a lot of older systems as well. And get this, you can have any console game or handheld game delivered directly to your mailbox that you get to have as long as you want. And I don't know about you guys, but if you've gone to the game store lately, and bought a new AAA game, you'll find out that things are pretty dang expensive, and you could be $60 in a hole of the game you don't even like, whereas in Gamefly, you can just send that bad boy back, get a new one in, and keep that one as long as you like. There are never any due dates or late fees, and get this, now Gamefly actually lets you rent Blu-ray and DVD movies as too. So if you're a nerd like me, and still get your movies in the mail the old-fashioned way, old-fashioned as in 2005, then you're gonna love Gamefly.com. Plans start with one disc a month for $15.95, but as mentioned before, you can get a free 30-day trial by going to GameFlyOffer.com slash GS9. Again, that's GameFlyOffer.com slash the letter G, the letter S, and the number 9 for your free 30-day trial. Next up is Explorers. In this episode, we have grown the beard... As Cisco now sports one, meaning we've officially entered the, beard. the best parts of Deep Space Nine, according to the TV trope. Yay! <laughs> I just think no it, yay. I just had to laugh because if you don't know, this is a TV trope that says that a show gets good when it grows the beard, which is a reference to TNG. When Riker grows a beard in season two, suddenly the show gets a lot better. And similarly, people have noticed that T- that Deep Space Nine gets a lot better once he grows the beard. And it's so funny that the episode where all the shit happens, the next episode he has the beard. I'm like, yes! 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 <laughs> it's, like, awesome. it's like official <laughs> turning point. So I love it. So in this episode, Cisco is excited to test out a theory that ancient Bajorans traveled outside their solar system, using solar wind to pilot a sublight craft. 
Sisko builds the ship himself and asks his son to join him. Sisko hopes to prove true the Bajoran history that they were the first people in that sector to travel outside of Bajoran space, and in fact traveled all the way to Cardassia. Sisko only wishes to get to the Denoris belt to prove it was possible, but doesn't go plan on going all the way. However, Sisko was warned by Gold Ducat to not attempt the mission, as Cardassians have long held that they traveled in space before Bajorans. Meanwhile, Bashir is worried that, doc that uh, Dr. Elizabeth Lenz is coming aboard the station, the woman who is number one in her class, and was a constant academic rival of Bashir at school. Because of her placement, she got to pick an assignment aboard the Lexington, considered the most exciting placement. While Bashir is happy here on DS9, he is still concerned about her attitude. After preparing too long, he musters the courage to speak to her in Quark, but she walks right by him without acknowledgement. On the ship, Benjamin and Jake manage to take the ship into its maiden voyage. While traveling, Jake reveals that he has been writing quite a bit, and asks Benjamin to read a story he wrote. Benjamin likes it, but notes that Jake still has a lot to learn to become a truly great writer. Jake admits to his dad that he has been accepted to a prestigious writing program at the Pennington Institute. Benjamin is happy for his son, but Jake reveals he plans to wait a year, hoping to gain more experience on DS9. And he also reveals he doesn't want to leave his father alone, and plans to set him up with a woman who is a ship captain. On DS9, Miles and Bashir get drunk to ease Bashir's anger about being snubbed. Miles convinces Bashir to just go talk to Elizabeth, but stops him from going in his drunken state. The next day he does confront her, and is amused to discover she didn't recognize him because she thought he was an Andorian. She admits that the Lexington turned out to be a dull assignment, and wishes she could be in Bashir's place. Bashir invites her to his lab and sees his work, and Quark wins a bet with Morn that she would leave with him if they talked. Back on the Cisco ship, they are caught in a tachyon field which propels the ship to warp speed and practically destroys the vessel. With the charting equipment broken, they have no idea where they are in space. They try to hail DS9, but are shocked when Cardassian ships arrive. Ducat hails them to inform them that they had traveled all the way to Cardassian space, just as Bajoran history has told. Ducat also mentions that their voyage just so happens to very coincidentally coincide with the discovery of remains of a Bajoran vessel from centuries ago, proving the voyage was real. Sisko and Ducat exchange knowing responses, and the Cardassians celebrate their voyage by launching space fireworks. What do we think of Explorers? I liked it, but I thought the space fireworks were really lame and out of character. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> like, really? Really? <laughs> space fireworks. And they're space fireworks. Come on. Is, space fireworks that somehow Is that even sound. possible? I don't. Uh, uh, from what are, they wouldn't have sound. There's no oxygen for you know the explosion to happen. I read that they were it, they were uh, physics. physics. <laughs> it said a lot of physics. I had a lot of physics problems with this episode. I know, Sarah. I don't care. I love this episode. It made me so happy. I had the biggest dumb smile on my face the entire time. But I want to hear from Peter first. No. Yes. I, this episode was so enjoyable because it was like proving yet again that like the father-son relationship between Cisco and Jake is so satisfying. Yes. So very yes. satisfying. That's true. That was really great. I just was so happy after such a dark, depressing, set up, interesting 
emotional, moral, conflicting episode. We just get a nice episode where everything's nice. Like everything yeah, like, the, like, is there, like so there aren't any real villains nice. or anything. There's no like true conflict. Conflict. It's more of just like Bashir thinks he's being snubbed, but it's actually a total misunderstanding. And and and, and Jake and Jake and Cisco essentially go on like an extended fishing sail slash sailing trip. Yes, that is a big... And are greeted with space fireworks yes. at the end. <laughs> it, it, it was like... It, it was like... It was like... It was like... like their, their, their plot was like... Was like watching the... Was like watching the original Goofy movie. Yeah! If, yes! If, if, if Goofy and Max had, had... Instead of going to Powerline's concert, actually did go to Idaho. Right. But they still had a great right. time. Like, right. That's basically what that plot was. Yeah, that's very true. I, I I just loved it. I think partly it's it's very interesting that they straight up redid a real thing that happened in life, which is the Contiki expedition, which is an expedition to prove that ancient people in fact sailed uh circ- like far far distances uh across the ocean, which very similarly colonial people would say, ah, oh, we were the first to sail across these oceans, you know, and it's a very similar thing where it was a, a lot of sort of racist, uh historical lies that were then proven true by this very interesting archaeological uh, expedition that proved in fact they, they could sail all the way across it uh, by using the actual like ancient blueprints of it and I was like I can't believe they did a space contiki I wasn't expecting yes. that at all <laughs> and as soon as need to add some Moana background music to ah! <laughs> yes 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 that we know the way <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I need to remake that with Bajoran lyrics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> need to make my dinner with Garrick. I need to make <laughs> Bajoran <laughs> Moana. Oh my God. Yes. I love it. That'd be great. Uh, can we talk about, by the way, Sorry, you, you go, go ahead, Ben. I just, I'm going to go into a different thing. So you go first there. I was also going to go into a different thing. All right. Uh, rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. No, 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 you go okay. ahead. It's okay. All right. Uh, how fucking great was the drunken scene with Bashir and Miles? I loved it. I was actually it. just about to bring that up, like, because like my favorite line from that whole from that whole scene was was, uh. was, was when Bashir was when Bashir asked O'Brien, he was like, no, 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 O'Brien was telling Bashir, he was like, he was like, yeah, it's like, yeah, like, like, like me with you, I used to hate you, and there's a, like a long, there's like a long pause, and Bashir's like, well, what about now? And O'Brien's like, well, now, I don't hate you, and it's like. <laughs> Okay. That means a lot to be Miles. Yeah, it's like okay. But you also forget to mention that he says that you can only love or hate Bashir. So. Yes. Right. <laughs> and to be honest, I feel like, at least in terms of you know the audience of this show, he isn't wrong. Yes. Like I did actually really used to dislike, but he was. If I don't know if I hated him, but he was certainly my least favorite character of the show, and now he's like near the top of my list. Yeah. Totally. So I feel like the the show writers were aware of that. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah, they 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 knew where they were starting off with Bashir, and they knew where they wanted to take him. So they're like, okay, we like w- when we write this line, we're gonna have everyone watching this be like, oh my god, that's true. You're right. There's no in between with you, Julie. <laughs> no middle of the road. I'm sorry, dude. I think. <laughs> they love you or they hate you. <laughs> I also love the moment where Julian's like, I'm, I'm gonna go talk to her. Right now, and I was like, maybe you shouldn't do it right now. Why not? And I said, you know, in the back of my mind, because you're shit-faced. And then Miles said, you know, the polite version <laughs> of that. I was like, yeah. Like, Dude, I, you can't see. even stand. You're drunk. I love how much mm-hmm. it, it, like, accurately 
represents drinking with like a friend because like, it's so yes. like the way that they would burst in a song randomly yes. yes he just like went and got some food and then like he just fell down on the couch and then he gave him another drink he's like oh thank you <laughs> you know like it's, yeah and he and he's oh. like and he's sitting upside down on the couch and i'm just like yeah. i'm just like okay and i'm just like okay if i were there i'd be i i would i would immediately walk up and be like dude put this down i don't want you spilling it on your face <laughs> don't waste the alcohol yeah like i can imagine like i can imagine myself being there or like or like doing that with my own friends like at like like real life situations it's like yep this is this is this is me this is me i'm so glad that miles bashir friendship has become such a big thing i really appreciate it it really grounds bashir in a very interesting way which i really enjoy yeah Though you missed out one of my favorite uh, Bashir moments from the rundown is at the very beginning, this Dabo girl oh, comes yes. and starts like flirting with him. Yes. And then Dax comes over and like cock blocks him. And then he just hands her his iPad and it says, go away <laughs> in all caps. I, I, I love that, that moment. And you could tell that like, like I don't often... I don't often laugh out loud when I'm watching Star Trek, but I did at that moment. <laughs> it's like Julian has some personality at last. That's uh, great because, like, it, it's so clearly like a, a come on and such a very obvious one. Where she's so like, obvious. Like, oh, I, I have like a sprain right here in my shoulder. Can you look at it? And I have a like, cough. He's like playing sexy doctor, and, it's and he's so... like, "Yes, yes, I can. Let me." Take we have to start your treatment office. immediately. Get her a drink. I just and I just I loved how obvious I loved I loved, at least to me like how obviously Dax was how much Dax enjoyed walking back in, and she was like, "Hey, by the way, um, this is happening." Dot dot dot. Mm-hmm. Walk away with walk away with shit eating grin. <laughs> yep. And then he goes and talks. She's like, "Wait, when is the ship coming in?" Oh, in three weeks. <laughs> it's like she did not have to tell him that right then. I love that. And then and then I like when Odo comes in, he's like, I thought it looked better. He's like trying to adjust little things in his infirmary. He's like, I thought it looked better over there. By the way, she's here already. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes to Quark's bar and Quark's like, yeah, I got a bet going on. I got I got a bet going on like, like whether, whether or not this happens. And it's like, who did Dax tell? <laughs> <laughs> I like that everyone messes with Julian. It makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting because we just published so right now, like a like a week or two ago, an episode where we were talking about the the first episode where where Jake mentions uh, he doesn't want to be in Starfleet, and so we get an interesting answer because in that episode we're like, oh, what will he do? And we talked about how interesting it is that since the show is so focused on Starfleet, what do people who don't want to be in Starfleet do in this universe? Right. Now we have an interesting answer. Well, he wants to be a writer. Which I thought was very cool. Yeah. I particularly liked uh, his little jokey pulse. <laughs> he's like, "You don't know what it's like to be in the Maquis." He's like, "Don't I?" He's, he's nah, like, he's like, I, can't, I can't talk. About I can't it. talk about it, Dad. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> also, he wants to set his oh, dad up shit. with the lady. It's so sweet. Yeah, I want. I want to see that episode. I want to see who Jake's who who Jake uh, wants to see his dad get with like like even if it doesn't happen this season like i want to meet this woman like it, 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 i want it to happen like or like early on in early on in season four i want to meet this woman who jake is like i think i i, I think you would i think you two would look together dad look good together dad like, like why not give it a try like i want to meet her right it's like i bet jake's picked a good one <laughs> he better by the way we uh we've been talking about treasure planet a lot 
in this podcast. Good point. Um, <laughs> did you guys think that the ship looked an awful lot like the Treasure Planet oh, ship? Because I did. I mean, right. it was much smaller, but the the sails anyway. Yeah, I love the sails, but yes, it's definitely a similar thing of sailing in space. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Based, like like quite like more or less using like solar power, like light power, whatever to 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 run. Right, and this is where Sarah gets mad. I understand because if you try to actually, think, I missed the line about the gravity net. It's very quick. So yeah, it's very quick. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. So like about halfway through their voyage, I just I was like, wait a minute, why aren't they floating like inside the ship? Because that's how space works. <laughs> so because mm. it's expensive, Sarah. <laughs> it's expensive to shoot that too. Scenes. Don't care, especially in such a small enclosed space. It's like, how are you going to do this? I don't know. I, I understand, Sarah, and this is where I'm a, a broad strokes person. Where it's like, uh, like, yes, how the hell did it? get out of orbit if it doesn't have engines so they must have built it outside orbit but then how'd they get into space to begin with and then there's no gravity on it and what the hell is solar yeah see i was i was willing to overlook all of the orbit things right you know because science fiction but this is like a really basic thing But that's where I'm like, I don't care. Space fireworks. I love it. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I'm on board with space fireworks because it made me happy. Because I like to see the Cardassians yeah. admit defeat. And it was really. And especially Gold Ducat be like, yes, you have you have shown up on the anniversary of this momentous voyage. Congratulations. Yay. Space fireworks! Like, yes, eat it, eat it. <laughs> Maybe they were secretly hoping one of those fireworks would accidentally blow up. <laughs> Catch the thing Cisco up! Ship. Oh no! It caught on fire! <laughs> oh no! How we horrible! Set off this firework lost. a little too close to your ship. Oh, the tragedy! Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lost in a tragic space firework accident. <laughs> Presumably, Goldicott had to taxi them home, which makes I want to see that awkward ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, remember when you didn't want to save us when our station was trying to kill us? How you been? And, J- and Jake, meanwhile, meanwhile, the entire time, totally oblivious to the conversation that his dad and Gold Ducat had. He's just like, yeah, and this happened, and this happened, and, and Ducat's just like, just shut up, please. I don't want to hear about how. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. And Cisco's just like, I'm gonna let my son take care of this. I, you already know what I want to say. <laughs> Sassy Cisco. Sassy I Cisco. I need it. We need a we need a Cisco family sitcom. Cisco's. Oh my god. That'd be great. <laughs> and it has to take place in San Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> oh, that was such a nice story he told about like how he when he went to college he would transport home every day oh, yeah. to go to dinner with his family and then one day he's like but then one day i just stopped doing it and you will feel the same I was like, oh, it was very that sweet that was sweet dad stories yeah i mean because oh. like i mean because like with, with 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 i think i would like to think that that with most people who 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 when they leave home and they go to college there is going like there's going to be like that period of time however short or long where it's like you miss your you you miss having a home cooked meal at home you miss the familiarity of 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 your of your room and your bed and like just your surroundings but after a while it's like 
I, 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 after a while, wherever you are, it's like, okay, well, you know, this is this this is now like my home, or at least, or an, or at least an extension of what I call home. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else to say for explorers? I, I sidetracked you a bit, Sarah. If you want to have a rant space for this episode, I, I, I give you the free. No, no. I, uh, I I did all those space ranting that I needed to do. <laughs> I'm good. All right. Well, that has been our episode. Next week, we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 23, and Episode 24, which will be Family Business and Shakar. Uh, pronunciation forthcoming. As always, I want to mm -hmm. thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at cptn underscore meatshield. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at tuscanshed.com. If you like the show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It does help us find new listeners. Until next time, this is the crew of Geek Space Nine signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.